There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. It's Caroline from G Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Interrupt the conversation we were having before we hit record to say hi. Welcome to Thanks Just Bought It. It's a podcast where we talk about what we just bought, what you might need to buy next. And I'm your host, Caroline Moss. This is my co-host, Sally Tamarkin. Sally Tamarkin is growing out their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just showed up on the screen looking <laughs> so good for bedhead. And then we just started having this really long conversation about hair products and how we wash our hair and we weren't recording it. And so I thought, I know we went, we went really hard. We We went really hard. Um, so Sally, you were saying, um, you're not washing your hair with regular shampoo anymore. You're using something called new wash. Yeah. My stylist got me to, uh, after like having many, many people throughout the course of my life, stylists tell me to like, (laughs) a stop washing my hair every day Mm -hmm. and B stop using shampoo. Um, finally, it took and I paid attention and now I, I use new wash, which mm-hmm. – and I, I wash my hair like once or twice a week. And my hair is really short. I think that like if my hair were a lot longer, it would be very difficult for me to hold off on washing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Letting go of the experience of lather and like mm. bubbles is very difficult. Mm. And And I know that like – the lather is the product of the shampoo industrial complex. Like I understand that they add lathering agents that don't do anything but lather, but like mm-hmm. that's because lathering is amazing. And like that's because lathering those, is amazing. Those yeah. thick, soft bubbles that also smell really good. Like, yeah. sorry, you want me to give that up? Sorry, but like, give me the lathering Who's agents. Who is this hurting? That's Who is how this I hurting? Feel. Allegedly, how my I hair, feel. but like, I don't. I haven't seen the evidence. Right, but not me as a person. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not my heart. My Not my heart. heart. Healing. Not my spirit. Uh, right. If anything, the lather is good for my spirit. So I am living a latherless experience, but allegedly it's good for my hair. I don't know. Things are in a very – you know how it is when you're growing out your hair. You're kind of in I a do. purgatory for like yeah. six months to eight years. Um, I haven't so we'll had bangs see. in a while, but I've done that journey before. And it, it's it's hard. It's funny because it, it also kind of feels like your hair is only the perfect length for like – a very finite amount of time and then you're just constantly in the process of either like growing it out or getting it cut like i, yeah. I don't like it's something it's never we're never just like happy we can never just be no happy. um 
I'm a, I wash my hair regularly. You know what it is for me? It's not even the lather. I think it's like the association with like washing my hair makes me feel clean in, in a way that like just washing my body and leaving my hair out of it. I still don't feel that clean. I even know. If I, I relate. Just, I really just like, don't care about the science of like, well, your hair actually isn't like you're over cleaning it. Like, okay. But like, I feel my perception of self is that I am cleaner when I wash my hair along with my body. Sorry. Just me things, you know, I just, yeah. what am I supposed to do? That's I'm, how I, I am feel. But one human, you know? No, I know. I mean, that's how I feel. And like, so I'm now like used to not having to ha- I've sort of convinced myself that like water cleans your hair, but like, I don't know, man, if it were like, if I were out living a life I used to live when I was younger or during the yep. pandemic and I was like going out and like, get around, I was like on the subway and like getting sweaty and all those things. Like, I totally. don't think I could just wash my hair. The, I, no. the fact of me being like a homebody borderline shut in is what makes it possible for me to just like not wash my hair. <laughs> I think maybe that's the same for me. Like LA has changed me. Mm -hmm. Like the New York air pollutant. Um, well, I guess LA is pretty polluted too. Well, the world in general. But the world in general, but there's something about New York City that makes you feel like you're coated in like a A a film. film. Yeah. Yep. I'm a morning shower person. I tried to be a night shower person, but like I it just I just a shower in the morning is the the awake ingredient that I need. Mm-hmm. And even in the summer, and I'm not like a flip-flops in New York City person, but in the summer, I would still, every single night before I went to bed, even though I wasn't showering, I would run the bath about like two inches and wash my feet. Because yeah, oh yeah. It's you, a must. It just, it's just like, ugh. Washing, it's like the top of your body, the hair, and the feet. And those have to be like exquisitely clean. Totally. The torso, like, whatever. It, torso, the torso and thighs, whatever. leave them as your, they are. Exactly. Your butt. Who cares? Who cares? But I mean, I could wash neck and ankles, neck down, ankles up as the days are long. And if my feet or hair feel dirty, yeah. it won't matter. I will still feel like a little farm animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. But summer, summer in a in a city is uh, is gross. Humidity. Mm-hmm. Oh, very gosh. swampy. In the subway, I can't even like. Can you believe? And then we'll go on to what we're talking about today. But can you believe that, like, just a short three years ago, it was normal to get up every single day, have to put on a new outfit. And ride the subway with hundreds and thousands of people and sweat and then go sit in another place all day. And then ugh, I just can't believe we did that. Like I can't either. It, it I, feel, I, like, I feel very removed from that experience now. No, I do too. It's like thinking about – yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't have to add to it. You said it. It was, it was a lot. And at the time, you were used to it, so it didn't feel like a lot, but – Every single aspect of what you just said, like, get, chills the blood. The idea Exhausting. of having to do that again. I just think I could do it again. No, I couldn't. And and also just the idea of wearing shoes that weren't, like, my most comfortable. Maybe this is age speaking, but, like, there's, 
you know, nothing really kind of revolted me more as a 23 year old living in New York City than like the 30 something women who were traveling to work in a sneaker with mm-hmm. like either with either like a, a an office shoe in their bag or already in their office. I was like, oh, my gosh, pathetic, lame. Look at those losers. And now I'm yeah. like, you mean to tell me that I have messed up my precious feet by wearing like some of the world's most uncomfortable shoes for the sake of like looking a certain way on the subway? No. Right. In the subway and like the walk to work. I know Ugh. it's um, it's it's uh, those 30 something women knew, you know, they knew what was up. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I uh, I'm a big comfort over style person to the point where things are deteriorating for me in terms of like, like, do you know the <laughs> thing of like, you're like, oh, yeah, like this is what I wear on the house. And you're like, well, OK, I'll just like around the house and then like to the corner to like grab milk. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Around the to house the to the park. corner and then like to the coffee shop. And like before <laughs> yeah. you know it, you've like you're gradually like out on a Saturday night in like a lounge flops and like yeah 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 and like totally in your the shirt in you your, slept in in your mail crocs and right. um <laughs> exactly a thousand percent i mean that I, the the rise of athleisure as as wear as as like outdoor wear the rise of like a matching sweatsuit as club clothes i'm all for it but you know what my thing is about this like I guess you don't see it as much now, but I feel like in like the mid 2000s, which I think yeah. you pointed out last time at some point is going to mean 20, the year 2500, but yeah, in like, yeah, but we won't be like, here for that. I'm yeah, we won't be here for that. We don't, we don't have to say it. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you know which early 2000s, <laughs> mid 2000s we're talking about. Um, but like people would be dressed up to go out. They would have their little going out top. They would have mm. their, their like little like wedge heels yeah. or whatever but yeah. then like lululemon black leggings yep. and like my thing is you should wear anything you want to wear and if you think it's cool and it feels good on you like i want you to wear it all the time i will mm-hmm. give you a standing ovation however yes. however there's a, you, there's a there's a but there's a but and the but is don't ask me to collude with you that Lululemon <laughs> leggings are formal wear because that's sure. just not real. Now, if you're here to tell me <laughs> I'm wearing my formal top, my formal going out shoes and my athleisure leggings, I'm like, yeah, you are. And it's amazing and it looks great. But if you're trying to tell me I'm wearing my formal top, my formal shoes and my going out pants, no, mm. you're not. You're yeah. wearing leggings and we just all have to be honest about that. I think, no, I think you're totally right. I think that like leggings as pants 10 years ago was also like a really big topic of discussion. And I remember this from working at Insider and were you at BuzzFeed 10 years ago? Wow. Uh, that's very sobering. Nine years ago. Nine okay, years ago. So, so I got hired okay. in 2014. Okay. So essentially 10 years ago. We'll mm-hmm. round up for the sake. Um so we both worked at publications that very well probably published several articles, quizzes, mm-hmm. trend round pieces ups. that were like yeah. like roundups exactly as like our leggings pants. And now <laughs> I'm like whenever someone's wearing like actual pants, I'm like really wow, okay. 
Like, okay, brag. Like, okay, brag. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. I know. It's such a flex. You're, it's like out here, you're wearing pants. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. So you like, think you're wow. better than me. Are, okay. Like, yeah, right. You think you're better than me. Like, what are you doing to, where are you going? Where are you going in those jeans? <laughs> Who's you getting know, married? Like, who's getting married? Have you ever had a, a corporate job that required you to wear business casual? Not really. I mean, when I worked at Self, which is at Condé Nast, I felt mm-hmm. like it was important for me to look. I mean, that BuzzFeed, like I was wearing like tw- right, yeah. So I <laughs> wore I wore sunglasses everywhere, yeah. and I had my LBD. Wait, is that the president? LBD? No, that's right. That's L- right. That's LBJ. LBJ. Um, the little black Johnson. The little oh gee, okay. Uh, well, Lyndon B, you know, Lyndon that's B. what they would say. Um, I So, okay. So at BuzzFeed, I I would wear like torn jeans and a shirt yeah. with something, you know, childish on it. When I got yeah. to self, I felt like because I was going to be like walking through the halls that people at Vogue also walked, yeah. I needed to look a little bit more like together. And so when I started, I was like exclusively wearing like button down shirts and like nice shoes and nice pants and stuff. And then as time went on, I kind of chilled out, but I did kind of, I kept it to like, um, I never wore like t-shirts or like torn pants or anything. And it wasn't like, it wasn't a requirement, but I felt like it was sort of understood that you were expected to like just dress the part. Yeah. Like that you weren't at like a dot com where everyone's acting like it's a college con. You weren't room. at BuzzFeed where everyone right. was just wearing shirts with like, I don't know, profanity on them. Yeah. Profanity. Uh, well, <laughs> and you and Anna Wintour famously are both people of short experience. So I can imagine that people did confuse the two of you. Often. Constantly. I can't tell you how Constantly. often I got that. Uh, I actually. Often. Ended up assigning a bunch of like huge fashion features. Like I, w- I did a September issue because her staff just kept confusing me for yeah. her, and so I was like, you "Okay, did fine, let September me just issue. take this on." You did host the Met Gala several years, and I do call you MX Wintour. So that, that is, I mean, not just you. I mean, a lot of people. That's just kind of, of how people do. know it's me. Not just me. Yeah, I know. The other thing too about working in the, in the presence of Vogue staffers, I imagine, and I've never, I never did a magazine job. Um, so I'm projecting or making this up, but like you probably <laughs> could wear a ripped t-shirt, but then you have to go like full fashion where it's like, where it's like, like if I'm wearing a ripped t-shirt, it's because I, I had a t-shirt and then it has a rip. Right. Whereas, whereas other people would be like, no, this ripped t-shirt is actually $700. And I styled right. it with like parachute pants and yeah. those like red boots that everyone, I mean, like I just, yeah. I couldn't do it. Like i I've desperately gone through stages of like wanting to be a fashion girly and I think the pandemic really settled it for me. I'm like, no, I like, I'm a pandemic girly. I'm I'm a a sweats girly. I I mean, the thing is like it, it, it's a lifestyle. And if you want to commit to being a fashion girly, more power to you, but it's not just like what you put on. It really is a whole thing. And let me tell you this. That is a, that's a real John Max. Ism. It's not just what you put on. It's so true. <laughs> it's not the clothes can't wear you. You have to wear. You the have clothes. to wear the clothes. He's always saying that. He's, he's always, always saying. He's that. constantly like, when is he constant? Not saying that? <laughs> um, I watched some of the Met Gala 
That's actually a lie. I scrolled Twitter <laughs> while people were <laughs> posting photos of the Met Gala. I like think red that's carpet. how you watch it. I don't even know I don't where even you know. watch it. What is the Met Gala? Where are they going into? Or did they just so, go in somewhere and they have like cocktails? They have a dinner. Um, oh, they have a dinner. Okay. Unfortunately, the Met Gala exists to raise money to support art. Which oh. I can't, I can't argue with. That's hard um, to be mad at. It is really hard to be mad at. It's also a weird celebration of like things that I don't totally agree with. I also, um, I, I'm self-aware enough to know that like what I in my old Navy sweatpants think about who's best and worst dressed means nothing. That's so what's, yeah. I can't even, I don't even let myself have an opinion. No, I'm just I like, don't okay, either. They took a risk and a shower and I can't be mad about that. I got to say good for you. I feel the same way. I feel like when I see Met Gala looks, except for the ones that are sort of like legible to me as someone who doesn't really know anything about fashion, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. Like people are yeah. like, oh my God, this look is amazing. Like she ate. And I look at it and I'm like, I, I don't know what it is about this that's amazing. And like some <laughs> in some ways, I'm just like, I don't even really understand like yeah. the thing that's happening, which yeah. just lets me know this is not for me. This is for totally. people who like care about fashion and understand it in a certain way. And there are people who do get it. What I the the thing I understand the most about the Macala is that it exists to to keep money coming in to support art beyond like the big it's honestly and people fashion girlies correct me if I'm wrong but like I don't know like the uh, uh, underwriting of of massive art institutions I think is like something that Anna Wintour is always that's just like her sort of like mission I guess that's her thing so then people pay to attend it's not that people pay to attend uh and that's where I get confused. Yeah. Um, who can say? You get invited, but I think I um let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Do a live. But, fact but check. also there's a theme every year. Um, um I'm Googling Met Gala why. Uh, <laughs> I let's say. Uh so it's the it's the it's fashion's biggest night. Okay, great. <laughs> Wikipedia says. Um uh so personalities who are perceived to be culturally relevant to society amongst various professional spheres. It's organized by Vogue. I got that one right. First Monday of May. There's a great documentary about about it. Or so oh, yeah, I hear. That I haven't watched bell. it, but people love First Monday of May or First Monday in May. Um. So okay. So each this is what it is. Each year's event celebrates a specific theme of that year's Costume Institute exhibition. Uh, so it's like you have to curate. Like this year it was Carl Lagerfeld. Mm-hmm. Last a couple of years ago, maybe last year or, the, or like I can't remember if it was like 2019 or 2021 because every year is the same in that. Mm-hmm. Thing. But one of the years was camp. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I remember that. I remember that. And everyone was arguing like this is camp. This isn't camp. One of um, my one of what I consider to be the most boring mm-hmm. of all the enduring Internet arguments. It, mm-hmm. What is camp to me is like one of the more boring ones. This is why Pussy Bow should be next. Weird. Now that's a theme. <laughs> but here, but here's my thing about the Met Gala um, that I don't understand. Like, what this is basically is people who are perceived to be cultural icons, like you said, wearing incredibly like cool, fashiony, elaborate things because they're rich and famous enough that someone designs like a really cool thing for them to wear. Yes. But then my question is like. 
shouldn't we be celebrating the person who like conceived of that look and made that thing? It's because to me, you're like, look at like what Kristen Stewart is wearing. And like, if Kristen Stewart like styled that thing and came up with it, then like, cool, so be it. But my impression is that like a lot of what happens is that designers work with a celebrity Mm -hmm. and come up with a concept and then create it for them then why do we celebrate the person who's wearing it? Why aren't we celebrating the creator? I guess it's because- Oh, I mean, that's that's what we do during the Oscars too. It's also what we do like- But yeah, but on the, at the Met Gala, the thing they're wearing is supposed to be the thing that's like on display. I think they do, you know, they'll do, they will get asked like, okay, first of all, I was wrong. You, they definitely have to pay to attend. It's like $50,000 a ticket. Um and oh but I mean, like these are people with bazillion. That's like right, someone yeah, telling us, like, "Hey, it's going to cost you like forty nine dollars." Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's like, right. "Ooh, that does feel steep." But I could find forty nine dollars. Yeah, but totally. fifty thousand dollars a ticket. It goes to, um, you know, it gets invested into this. It's like the biggest fundraising night, and then the Costume Institute, like, like showing of that year, then is basically now open at the Met. And it runs for a couple months. So it, okay. it drives people to go see sort okay. of like the vibe of what the Met Gala attendees were wearing. The big issue, though, is I I do understand what you're saying. I no, but but really, you just answered my question because yeah. you're it you're going to raise money center if the, like a celebrity. Art. Yes. Yeah. Especially because like if someone was like, look at this cool dress, I'd be like, no, I'm OK. But if someone's like, look at this cool dress that. um. Is inspired by like, this. No, yes, that, that, that like a celebrity is wearing. I'm like, all right, yeah, let me see that. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yep. The problem is, and every year this happens, is that like the point of the Met Gala attendees beyond bringing in money is to be a spectacle so mm-hmm. that people want to watch, pay attention, go yeah, see Yeah, that makes sense. Yada, yada. And the argument every year that is constantly made is that like 60% of the people don't take enough risks. Mm. Like what people want to see, especially in the, during the, it, the Met Gala is literally like the Oscars is like, yes, what you're wearing, but like we're here for film, you know, like, you know, every other award show is like, it's yes, it's very focused on the outfits, but it's always, the outfits are always secondary to like right. whatever's being celebrated. Whereas the Met Gala, look at me. I didn't know what I was talking about like two seconds ago. And now I am acting as if I know everything. The Met Listen, Gala, you read the, the point, Wikipedia page. I, I feel like that's all I you sc- need. I scanned it. And now I it. actually teach a course on this <laughs> at the local college. Um, the Met Gala, essentially like the red carpet is the event. That's all the public sees. Right. They don't go into the dinner. That's private. Um, you know, we like people tune in to watch the red carpet. That's all that they see. So people want the point is to like take the theme and level up. And so yeah. especially with like men too who who just show up wearing suits, people get very annoyed about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well um, I mean, listen, as someone who knows a ton about the Matt Gala because I'm co-hosting a podcast with someone who just scanned a Wikipedia page about it. Yeah, I feel like true. it's appropriate for me to weigh in and say, sure. please. Anna, Anna Wintour's date was just wearing like a suit. Mm-hmm. Do, do they, are they exonerated? Are they exempt no, because they're the host? I don't think they should. Uh, personally, and, and many 
have asked for my opinion here. <laughs> Personally, I think that like it's your event or at least it's your date's event. Um, you need to you more than anything have to help set the tone. Yeah. I mean, I like people who take it so far. And that's why when everyone's like best and worst dressed, I think for the Met Gala, there's like a different vibe. It's like even if you even if you don't totally hit the mark for the like, I don't know, people who are judging this kind of thing, I do feel like the Met Gala more than anything, you get way more credit for at least giving a shit about yeah the yeah 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 when totally. you show up and you're like you're just wearing a black dress it's like this is to celebrate the costume institute like this is this is like there's a point to the theme mm-hmm. the themes are often like very strange and 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 while they make sense as art exhibit look at i literally I, it's all coming back to me now now i'm like okay there was a time where i did actually like tune into the twitter feed about this i just haven't in a few years there are sometimes themes where you're like this makes sense as like an art exhibit and mm-hmm. like you you pay respect in the way of like taking in art and and like being thoughtful about it and like reading about like you know the history of it that doesn't sometimes often translate into like a couple of hours of people on the red carpet you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, like yeah. and i'm trying to think of like um an example of like one of the themes that was like, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, remember. It was, oh, it was the it was the subject of the first Monday in May documentary. It was China through the looking glass, which you can imagine is a is a thin line, a delicate line that gets people nervous, rightfully so, to be like, I don't want to. Like, yeah, I mean, it, enough for the said. sake of theme, start yeah. appropriating. You know what I mean? But like, also like, okay, but also the point. So, but also these are the people who like make the rules of fashion. So I think that there's some, there's a lot of interesting things there. Like you can't just say like, well, we're not going to have the theme of this like Metropolitan Museum of Art exhibit be anything other than like white people because right, like, who right, wants right. that but also it's weird to be like okay everyone the theme is China right. have fun the, the theme is fetishize <laughs> this exactly. culture that Someone's most of the people involved aren't it from wrong and weird and you're right especially when there's like more attention being paid to celebrity rather than like the history the design the like culture because you don't have that many sound bites to get all that stuff in it's really easy to like have it be a little weird. That being said, as the professor of, I just scanned the Wikipedia page and then racked my memory. I could be wrong about all this, but I've never known. I'm not. It sounds right. I mean, let's say it's it's hard. It's, it's canon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I guess like, I, I think that a lot of my critiques, it, it may surprise you to hear that when you have a really nuanced critique of something that you haven't bothered to like understand at all, the critique isn't going to be that good. And I feel like even just from talking to you, uh, like explaining some of this stuff, I mm. now understand. I, it makes more sense to me what this event is. And mm. and I get why it's important. I still maintain that 
I don't understand fashion because I look at some of the things and I'm just like, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a basic they, I'm just like, but don't you just want to wear like a normal silhouette without Mm -hmm. ruffles and all kinds of like accoutrement, but like, you know, fashion is art too. It's just, I think the thing is, is just not like art that I'm really familiar with, but I'm also the kind of person who goes to a museum and I'm, or an art gallery and I'm like, my kindergartner could have painted that. And I think it's like a similar, a similar thing where I just like, I don't speak the language. Totally, totally. And 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 now as I as I scan the Wikipedia page further, I was right about um and and I didn't even read this part. So I, I'm I feel correct about the China um theme. It it was uh met with a lot of criticism, I think correctly. But mm-hmm. like you're right, it is a, a different language. I I can appreciate but that's also why I don't sit on Twitter and try to like live tweet my thoughts about it. Right. Because I'm like, A, who cares? be like know thyself Mm -hmm. you know um but there have been some really fun themes i will tell you i'm reading now now imagine if i wasn't reading i was like i just actually remember in 2013 (laughs) the theme was um the theme was uh punk chaos to couture and and what's weird about this is that theme seems very clear to me Mm. um but they're saying the theme given is considered this theme is considered unclear or difficult to follow because it doesn't provide a clear stylistic directive. But to me, isn't that the point? Like you get some wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Punk chaos to couture feels like the easiest one for me, an idiot to follow. Right. But the other in 2022, or sorry, in 2021. Oh no, no, no. The best one was 2020 about time, fashion and duration. I don't know how to dress for that. Mm-mm. You need to give me like, punk. Like hot right. topic is the theme of this year. Hold on. I'm listening to my alarm going off for whatever reason and I need to turn it off. So, but what You're do you think about what, secu- what would you have thought about what's harder to dress in your mind? Punk chaos to couture or about time, fashion and duration. About time, fashion and duration is a phrase that I don't even understand like how to parse written on a piece of paper, let alone right. what it means conceptually. That's where you kind of understand the black suit of it all. Yeah. Or someone's just like, look, I'm just wearing a black suit. What about 2018? Heavenly bodies, fashion and the Catholic imagination. Which, by the way, the only time I went to the Met to see the exhibit was oh, really? bodies. It was so interesting. Was it awesome? So, yeah, yeah some it's of these... like patrician fashion. I mean, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a lapsed Catholic, I was like, you know, I'm in. But 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 also it's never I don't know. Some of the themes are like look, they've been doing this since when? The the 1970s, early 70s. Has been no, 71. The, the No, it says the 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 affair attended by per- no Sally as the professor. Um, the affair attended by personalities from the arts, fashion, high society, film, and music has been held at the Met since 1948, and it's considered to be the fashion industry's premier red carpet event. It looks like oh, oh, I see my mistake. 1971 was, was the first year that the Met hosted the Met Gala. That's where I, that's where and my info is coming from. Anna Wintour took over in the early 90s, and I think made it oh, okay. I mean, this iteration of it for what it is to us and our generation is, I think, 
But yeah. Do you think that every like few weeks we should do an episode about something that we have really strong opinions about but don't know anything about and then live (laughs) on air we like read about it and understand it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say there have been several episodes where we've already done that. Yeah, we pretty much do that already. (laughs) But I think that's a great idea. It's really fun, I think. Like we just, we just like teach our class about the Met Gala as we're learning about it. As we're learning. Like I have a whole like, thing on like Marvel movies, which I don't know anything about, don't understand and am in no position to have an opinion on, but I have like such a strong opinion and that would be, but that would be, that would be like an eight hour episode because there's like 53 movies. I would love that. I would really love that. Um, oh, okay. 29 was camp notes on fashion. I'm reading about all the controversies. You do know that at the, the Met Gala was the stage for the Solange and Jay-Z elevator. Oh, I for, had forgotten that. Yeah, that was 2014. What great what great publicity for that event. Uh clear so so good. What um, about what about 1984 when the theme was man and the horse? I feel I could dress for that. I feel <laughs> that that it, I feel I could do that better than fashion time and duration. We would do, we would just do a horse costume and I don't know, we would flip for who did back and who did front, but I think we would, I think we would totally kill it. Exactly. We would be they, they and a horse. We would literally be they in a horse. There's like a really, hold on a second. I know. Now I'm like, very. now I think I'm going to watch the first Monday in May. I know. I am too. Now I'm like, now this is all I care about. Hold on. Wait, I need to chat you. Okay. Look at this link and please go to 1999 rock style. Okay. And I'm going to announce to our amazing editor, Veronica. Veronica, I am going to send you the chat. She sent me an email the other day being like, can you please send me the chat? There's like half the episodes where it's like, I'm chatting you this, I'm chatting you this. She's like, can I please have the links? Because I don't know anything you guys are talking about. Okay. Oh my God. We're so sorry. Veronica, I got you. Okay. So this is every Met Gal. Oh, someone put this together for us. Right. Just for us. Rowley from 1971 to now. So 1971, essentially, I think you're right, was when the Met started hosting and we had the themes. Yeah, yeah. But but go to 1999 because I, okay. I feel like very upset Oh my about gosh, this is so fun. Oh no. I don't know what to tell. I don't know. Okay. Oh no. 1999's theme is, Sally, tell us. Rock style. The rock <laughs> and the style picture. theme of 1999 <laughs> highlights the grunge look of the decade. From custom tees to fur to a mix of hardcore and princess aesthetics, the looks were all over the place. And I have to tell you, can you just like describe what this is? So this is Liv Tyler, daughter yep. of um, lead singer Steve- of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler and, and Stella McCartney, renowned designer. Oh, I and thought she was like the daughter of <laughs> I Paul thought that was the whole thing. Like she, daughter is, of Paul McCartney. Is she? No, now it's like, okay, now I'm also a Beatles expert. Is Stella McCartney? Paul? I thought maybe that was <laughs> no, you're right. She's a fashion designer. I thought no, the I know theme she's a fashion that. designer, but I'm like, is she rec- is she really oh, oh like she the is theme? the daughter. She is she the daughter is, of Paul is, McCartney. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. Neville so that's baby like, reigns again. Okay. Right. So they so they they did this picture together because they're both daughters of like rock. Yeah, gods or whatever. But like, can you just like describe? Yes, it's like such an upsetting. Can you imagine wearing this to the Met? I I would know you can't wear this to the Met Gala. 
I hope everyone's like, what are they wearing? What are they talking about? Sorry, we're not really doing good Two things. I don't know that that Stella McCartney was a renowned designer at this point. I'm going to guess by her outfit. The answer is no. So you're correct. Thank you. What this is is a picture of Nepo babies of aptly what I'm going to call rock royalty. Because what they are wearing are essentially... Liv Tyler is wearing what looks to be a like a um a skirt from a mother of the bride set. Um and Selma <laughs> McCartney is wearing skirt. like chinos, like a like chinos, a bootleg chino. I've I've honestly low never rise. seen a lower rise. <laughs> and I say that as someone who's lived who lived through the early two thousands. I literally can see her pubis. You um, can't you can't get a rise this low nowadays. You <laughs> you could never <laughs> get a rise this low out of me. And they are wearing what looks to be DIY t-shirts cut into one shoulder tops and a Hanes I, tank a Hanes tank like 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 you would do at camp right like you would do like for the camp variety show um and I say DIY because Liv Tyler's um shoulder strap is much thicker than Stella McCartney's yeah, you're right <laughs> and what looks that. to be like written in sharpie just says rock royalty on it and then they're just carrying their coats it's like now, they're like bedazzled yeah this to me is tragic this is but tragic. I will say two things one is that I do not think we are that far away from this, from this coming happening. back oh, from this no. happening again no. at another Met Gala. Because the more I see Gen Z in these streets with what they're wearing, the more I'm like, we are so close to there's a there's a great picture of um Anne Hathaway in 2007 at a it's either 2007 or like 2003. It's like one of those years, um, which in my head are like very like I can imagine the fashion and she's totally. wearing like a knee length pink dress over just like jeans and she's at a movie premiere and like that's it and I just this these rock <laughs> it's giving style outfits that. Are, it's giving it's, it's giving giving um we are not so far away from that um but you're gonna see Sally like I told you guests such as live like they were they were lauded for this outfit. Okay, so it says others wore ball gowns that didn't follow the theme. Okay, so I'm now looking at a Vogue article mm-hmm. that says the Met Gala theme of 1999 was rock style, and it seemed only appropriate that the two daughters of famous rock stars, Liv Tyler and Stella McCartney, would attend the event together. It was the beginning of the maximalist naughties, but oh, like naughty naughties, uh, I guess. But that was the – but the year still had the effort. Okay. So listen, McCartney's process of making the now-famous tanks was just as casual as her description of the event. Mm. She – according to the designer, she notes that she must have found out about the theme the night before. The morning of the Met, she took a three-pack of Hanes tanks – Oh, so you were you literally called it. I called it a uniform of McCartney's at the time to the vintage rock and roll shop Filth Mart, co-owned by Drea Di Matteo of the Sopranos, nice. to live in Italy in Little Italy to get the pieces customized. There she Classic. stood with the owner to design them in real time, hacking off sleeves, adding ribbon and studs. When they were done, she headed to Tyler's house to try on the shirts. McCartney opted for a pair that. of Chloe trousers that she herself had designed. Um, while Tyler opted for a very 90s black Comme des Garçons slip skirt. Comme des Garçons, yeah. The um, mother than bride set. I, yeah, I was time. freaking out about my boobs, says Tyler. Weren't we all? Um, despite worrying, they were on the front page of Women's Wear Daily the next day. Yeah, I mean, so this seems like... She was like not it, freaking about, out about her pubis. 
No, <laughs> no one was. Not enough people were freaking out about her pubis. So I just feel like this proves my initial point that like I don't understand fashion because honestly, I thought that when I Googled this, what I would find is like Anna Wintour flies into a rage upon seeing what Liv Tyler and Stella McCartney wore to the Met Gala. Sure. But no. I mean, this, 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 this was a, these, these were looks, they these were enough look that in 2020 Vogue published an article about them reminiscing. Mm. This was the look. This was look. I don't understand fashion. I never will. I mean, that's it. Yeah, that closes the book on that. I mean, look, like I look at that picture and I think like, okay, but again, this is the one night. Um, I think well, fashion's one night ostensibly where the idea is like you have a theme and this is not necessarily about wearing I think it is now because I think that we've we've gotten to a place with the Met Gala where like it is possible or maybe we just look at like what people wear today and think like oh this is normal the way that I think in Mm. the 2000s I was like wow people in the 70s dressed like like nuts, but now we look normal. And now I look back on right, 2000 right, right, clothes right. and I'm like, oh, that was bad. But like, I do think we've, we, we have a better job at, at saying like, okay, we can, we can honor the theme and also like look event appropriate. But I think there was something to those early sort of years of the iteration that Anna Wintour was doing, which was like, we have a theme and it's more important for you to follow the theme or interpret the theme rather than just show up and look good. And right, this, totally. this kind of makes my point, mm-hmm. which is that like people came to the 1999 rock style Met Gala wearing ball gowns and were sort of like, you know, like, okay. Yeah, you're right. Like, wow, you're like, you're not taking any risks. I I will say, I I, I do think the rock royalty DIY t- camp tanks, uh, and I don't mean camp as in camp, I mean camp as in summer. Summer camp. Camp. Um, and, and matching low, ri- low, low rise chinos are like, you know, what kind of risk? Maybe not for me to say, but okay. <laughs> like, I guess this is an icon. Again, yeah, you're right. Iconic look. I, though, I do. T- don't you always think, though, like if paparazzi were following you around for a week, you'd be like very humbled. I would be. Yeah. Like if, I mean, <laughs> like if I was getting I would, judged on this level, like I couldn't handle it. No, I couldn't handle it. And I think that I definitely fall into the trap. I, like I will sometimes be like we're, this culture, this paparazzi culture, it's terrible. And then the next day I'm on a mic being like, what the fuck is up with it? You know, so <laughs> like, you know, we all just need to like take it easy and shut our mouths. But having said that, um, I take your point about how it's about like interpreting the assignment versus just like looking really good. Mm. Um, Ideally, I guess should be both. That's the thing is like, I don't, I still don't understand this look, but points to them for, you know, attempting to interpret it. That's something. Um, I feel like I'm coming back around to what I said initially, which is that like, this isn't for me and I don't understand fashion. But now I feel like I knew that already, but didn't understand the extent to which that was the case. And now that I understand more about the Met Gala, I feel even more convinced that this isn't for me. I feel like this is like if I went to an astrophysics lecture and then I was like, 
that was a really bad lecture. I didn't understand any of it. And it's like, well, it's not, you, you didn't, it's not bad it's not, because you don't it's understand not bad. it. You're just an idiot. Yeah. You're just, sure. yeah, you're just not smart. Yeah, exactly. And I imagine, you know, that is sort of how you feel after hearing my Met Gala lecture that I give often, my talks. Um, yeah, your TED Talks. I mean, I'm trying to catch up to where you are, but it's hard. <laughs> Look, just give yourself 15 minutes. That's really, that's really where I was. That's all um, you need. Uh I'm, I think my computer is in the process of being hacked currently. What happens if someone, if I keep getting things that are like this, wants to use the login keychain? What does that mean? Oh, that doesn't seem great, <laughs> but no, I'm not I sure. Think, I don't think so either. Again, not a computer expert, not a Met Gala expert. Um, uh, you know, we were going to talk about something I think we'll end up talking about next episode. Yeah, we did have going a whole now for a while. plan. But How long have we been funny, going? 40 can, minutes, can, literally. Okay, so that's incredible. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Saved. I'm so How proud of us. How can we get another 20 minutes out of this? Well, so I do I do have some some wrecks. Honestly, okay. not Met Gala related. Though though the last thing I do want to say about the Met Gala, and I want to agree with you that I, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What happened? Did I lose you? Oh, my God. Oh, no. uh, you Wait, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, but I'm seeing something really weird. I'm going to text what it to you. What is – I can see it. It's like this other camera. You can. Chris, yeah, the can. virtual camera is not yeah, active. Yeah, but like what is happening Who's Chris? Computer? I don't know. I don't real, know. This is alarming. The real Chris – I don't know what is happening. My computer is – is uh, – okay. So this is actually how I want to pivot the episode. Okay. Because this is a real life problem I'm going through right now, and I feel you see like the crisp virtual camera I do. thing, right? Okay, I do, and I know what that is, but I don't know why it's showing up. Oh, you do? Okay, good. I'm glad you know what that is. Okay, so this could not be any farther from the Mangala, but I think still worth it talking about. We'll Sally, find a way to connect it. I think we're going to. Sally, have you ever been the victim of identity theft? <laughs> um. I like sort of I like someone really? tried to well yeah someone tried to and it I I ended up having to do this whole song and dance not identity theft like full on but they had enough of my information that like a credit bureau reached out to me yeah and I had to do all this shit to like flag my account and stuff but yeah nothing and I've had the thing of like someone goes on a spending spree with your like credit card or whatever, but I've never, nothing more than that. Why, why have you, are you experiencing, is this, am I talking to not the real Caroline? This is the real John Max. Um, (laughs) I am currently in the throes of a very exasperating identity theft situation. Oh no. I'm so sorry to hear that. Which I'm like, am I, is it correct to tell, you know, tens of thousands of people about that on a podcast. I don't know. It's just something that you're like, I've heard about this happening to other people and it sounds really annoying, but never to me, you know, but I'm here to tell you that this is one of the most stressful, um, things I have ever experienced because there is a level of helplessness to it Mm. that is so difficult. So I want to give a few tips to put some things to help people put some things in place. I don't know where this started, but I I want to guess that. Um, do you remember when my car got broken into in January? Did I tell mm-hmm. you about this? Yeah, yeah, you did. 
So the funny thing about my car getting broken into was that my car was actually unlocked. I mm-hmm. I have a car that has a key that um, when it's close to the car will automatically unlock it. Right. And I think what ended up happening was I had locked my car, went out to take... 
And I just got an alert like when I was filing your taxes, I got an alert that was like, oh, no, like this, these taxes have already been filed. And yeah, so he's like, so, you know, and and I kind of he didn't really make a big deal out of it. And I was like, all right, well, like, I don't know what someone would get out of filing my. So I was like, well, will they get my return? And he's like, no, like they could send their the return out to like the person who filed it. But it's also like they'll also send it to you. It just seems like the IRS is like, whatever. Mm. And he's like, don't worry. I like filled out the paperwork and like all this stuff. And he didn't make it seem like I trust my accountant. I know. Weird thing to say, but he didn't make it seem like this is like a big security breach. He was just like, yeah. sometimes this happens. Um, But as a precaution and what I'm going to share as a PSA, I think for everybody is like, I p- now pay like $16 a, me- uh, a month, um, which I, I think is steep. Like, you know, when you're like, you're, you have no problem spending money on some things, but you're like $16 a month. Yeah. Like totally. what kind of, I don't have that kind of money. Um, but meanwhile, I'm like $40 for a sandwich. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I pay $16 a month for like a, an Equifax um, mm. subscription, which will like, basically like let me know. It's like a, a credit monitoring thing. Yeah. So like if some, if something's like happening on my account, like it'll let me know. And I really recommend that, though it has caused me more stress than anything because I'm one of those people that's like, sometimes it's like, don't even tell me. I don't want to know. But I I understand with identity theft, this is, it can be really, it's really, really hard to reverse. Yeah. And ultimately, it is your problem. Um, and you, you should say like, it, with the Equifax thing, you get a notification every time there's, the, it, there appears to be some sort of breach, right? Yes. And I have now in the last week gotten three Equifax emails. Oh, wow. One was that someone, well, it was like someone today opened a new American Express credit card in your name. But what I'm, what I got, then I called American Express immediately and I was like, here's my name. Here's all of my information, you know, and they were like, we don't have a new account in your name. Like we have these two accounts and can you verify that they're yours? They are mine. And they were like, no one's opened anything in, in like two months. And I'm like, okay, but Equifax just emailed me and said, and they're like, oh, well, sometimes it takes it like 60 days for it to register. So now I'm all like, okay, well now I'm, but last, this morning I woke up to another one that was like, someone's taking out a loan from a firm. That is not me. And I've never done that. So I am now in the process of like, you know, having to do a social security freeze. Um, oh my God, Caroline, you have to I'm call sorry. All That's the credit nightmare. bureaus. It's a nightmare, but also I think it can happen to anyone. So my recommendation this week is like, if you can swing a $16 subscription to Equifax, it, it actually has been pretty helpful because the loan amount was for $350, like small enough that like maybe I wouldn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I didn't have this Equifax alert thing, I don't know that I would have ever known. Yeah. I don't have an Affirm account, but if someone had my information to do, like it's possible that like it just could have just been I mean, it's a loan, right? So it doesn't actually do anything until I have to start paying it back. Right. So then all of a sudden I get this alert that's like, hey, you have to start paying back this loan. And then by then it's too late. Yeah. Because your your credit is already affected because you're like late on payments and then you have to like do all that work. So like I 
I'm still in the process of trying to figure out like what I do now, but I haven't gotten to the point where it's on my credit score yet. And so I just wanted to give a shout to Equifax, even though it's stressful and you might be like me, one of those people who's just like, uh, actually just seeing the email makes my blood pressure rise. It, it had, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I am, you can't pass the buck to anyone else. It's your social security number. It's you. Yeah. Uh, so if this happens to you, you're the only one who can handle it. And it's really annoying and I wish it wasn't happening, but it's a good $16 well spent now because it actually, my worst nightmare about this situation, it seems to be coming true. Um, and as I was saying, like, oh, I'll tell Sally about this whole experience I've been having. My computer automatically was like, oh, like the key, the keychain needs your login. Like things I wasn't, it was as if someone else was like accessing my screen. Like remotely, yeah. Remotely, it was creepy. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I feel I, like- I don't like it either. I, you need like some person who gets this shit to like look at your computer and literally it or whatever. I need like- a they in STEM. I need a woman in STEM. I do not mm-hmm. need a man in STEM. Mm-mm, Women are mm-mm. they's only. Yeah. But it's it's honestly it's very unsettling. And uh, when you start thinking about just like all the passwords and like oh I know. like it's it's a lot. But you know avoiding it does not help. And I'll be the first to tell you. Um, I'm jealous of people who are like staying on top of this stuff. Actually, gives me less stress because it gives me more stress. But, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I know. I was thrilled to get that email this morning, even though it required it, it also like the thing about Equifax and our financial system in general is it's not very streamlined. Like mm-hmm. I have to call each credit bureau individually. Yeah. It's, they don't it's, talk to each other. The whole system is just like it reminds me of the healthcare system where it's like, is the person who thought of this incredibly stupid or incredibly <laughs> evil? And yeah, it's like maybe, maybe both. both. Maybe both. <laughs> yeah, maybe both. <laughs> so in addition to like coming to take my course about the Met Gala, you know, wherever you can take your <laughs> courses, uh, I do want to say that my recommendation this week is an unsexy but very helpful one and that a $16 monthly subscription to Equifax can actually be helpful. If if you think, you know, if you lose your credit card, if something got broken into, like, I don't know, the 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 feeling I had when my car got broken into, even though at the time it just felt like they had just like kind of rooted around and mm-hmm. didn't take anything of like extreme value or or it didn't even feel like they were like it, it, it there no rhyme or reason. It, it just feels it's a very violating feeling. So, um, you know, even if you think like it doesn't look like anything was taken or like, oh, like you know, I misplaced my credit card for a little bit, but like, oh, I, or like someone found it or like I lost my wallet, but like I got it back and everything's still there. Like, I don't know. It kind of occurred to me like in the afterthought of like, oh, well, someone could have just taken a fucking picture of my credit card because when you buy stuff online, you don't need your actual credit card. You just need the numbers. And so why would, and so if I'm sitting there being like, my credit card wasn't stolen, I have it right here. Right. That actually doesn't mean anything. So that's my recommendation. Um, and, uh, it's very bizarre that, um, our social security system is that you are born and assigned a number and then it's given to you on a very small piece of sort of like very thin construction paper. And they're like, don't lose it. I know it's, it's, they couldn't even <laughs> spring for the like cardstock. Yeah. Like laminate it. Yeah. Please. I know we should um, do, we should like have someone on who can like tell us everything we should get for uh, 
security. security. Yeah. I would love that. The real John Max has not been available. He's not taking my calls anymore. He's become a well, little Well, he's too- just he's so busy because they rebranded. So they're rebranding HBO to just I know. completely be named after him. And so- it, it, it's I'm happy for him, but I'm also like, remember where you came from. I remember, yeah, remember your roots. Remember the remember people you said that you would bring up with you. Yeah, namely Caroline and Sally. Right. I mean, we're expecting C-suite positions. I think those I, offers will come in soon. This is actually, when Succession ends, there will be a new show on mm-hmm. Max. And uh, it will be this. <laughs> whatever, whatever this is, it's, it's this. It's just going to be this. It's going to be us recording this podcast, but... It's going to stream on Max. Yeah. And everyone's going to – it's going to be huge. We're going to be at the Met Gala, I would say, probably 2024. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. I hope the Met Gala theme in 2024 is the real John Max Costume Institute. And they're going to be like, only Caroline and Sally understood the assignment. We're the only ones. We're going to go dressed as Stella McCartney and Liv Tyler in 1999. We're just going to write pod royalty. Pod royalty. Pod royalty. I I had no idea Stella was Paul's daughter. Yeah, yeah, and you're, yeah, and I'm gonna see your pubis. Yeah, everyone's pubis gonna out. see the pubis. Um, pubis to the wall. Man, I I'm glad we talked about the Mechal. I think that's actually very important. Are you? Do you think you would watch first Monday in May? Do you think that? Yeah, that's definitely. You know, I now? actually I think I've seen it. Oh, interesting. Um, because I think maybe like Andrea was watching it, and I watch it, but I I want to watch it again now because I feel like there's more to to understand considering yeah. the fact that I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I, as someone who knows nothing about this, I do think there might be there more might be to understand important. about it. I still um, think that we should do an episode where we watch something live. Yeah. We like stream it. Oh, that's a good idea. Is that possible? Yeah, for it's sure. What would really you want to watch live? Probably the first Monday in May. Okay, we can do but it. But anything, Maybe we can- I mean, anything. Like we could do M3 again. <gasps> my fourth viewing of M3 and we could yeah, do Tar. I mean, we could, I mean, I f- Tar, I feel like the world is our oyster in terms of what could we stream. One of the first things Sally and I did together in one of our group chats, um, and it was during the pandemic, was we all, like five of us streamed Waiting for Guffman together. Right. That, oh, was that was really fun. so fun. So we do know it's possible. We do, yeah, but no, but I mean, I want to do it live, like for oh, the no, I users. Know. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, we'll do like a live stream show. Someone um, figure out how to do that, and then tell us, and then produce it. Woman Please. and STEM, them and yeah. STEM, get in touch. Yeah, uh, Sally, I do have one more watching recommendation. Oh, okay. The Kenny G documentary, also on HBO. Caroline. Okay, I was <laughs> anti this documentary. <laughs> Please sell this to me. Okay, I'm going to tell you because it was so my best friend from college came to visit. She's a Kenny G head. Wild. It's what? wild. I, I know. didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. Um, she might be bringing the average age of Kenny G heads way down because it's not most 35 year olds are not. Um, she loves Kenny G. She's just like she just she's she sees him in concert every year. It's very funny. She loves Kenny G and she's like, there's a great documentary about him on HBO. And I was like, well, okay. And she would tell me, uh, you know, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And I'd be like, I'm not watching this documentary. So she was here to visit and she was like, let's watch the documentary. And I was like, well, you know, you are my guest. I'll do it. Sally. It is so fun. It's, are you serious? Are you a Kenny G head now? I, I honestly might be. It's so Kenny fun G because thanks just bought it. Kenny G thanks just bought it. Uh, the underwriter of G thanks just bought it is Kenny G. So the 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 great. I'm not sure if you're a Bill Simmons fan or the Ringer fan, but 
it is made by the ringer, the Bill Simmons. Okay. I'm also sort of like not, and I know it's like sort of a controversial sports take, but if there's one thing I know less about than the Met Gala, it's sports. It's sports. Um, yeah. We have to read the Wikipedia entry on sports. We have to read then the, we'll be fine. The thing about the Kenny G documentary that's so fun is that it is not very serious and neither is Kenny G himself. So the documentary kind of opens, and I feel comfortable telling you this because it is kind of a selling point, with um, the director interviewing all of these sort of like prestigious music critics and jazz critics and writers and sort of like people who have been um, immersed in the culture forever. and bring it to the masses. And, and they're asked, you know, like, where were you when you heard this Kenny G song for the first time? And of course, all of them are like, I, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> it's not meaningful to me. And the idea, essentially, the documentary is about the fact that whether we like it or not, Kenny G is the most successful solo instrumentalist Holy of our time. Shit. And no one respects him. (laughs) And so it's this document. And also, he doesn't seem to care that much. Um, I'm sold. This sounds incredible. He's kind of delightful. There are definitely a few things that, um, you know, no person is perfect. And and there's, I think, a lot, you know, this is a Jewish kid from... I can't remember if he's from the Midwest or oh, from he's Jewish. Now really I'm even more Kenny interested. G- Kenny Gorlick is his name. Kenny Incredible. Gorlick. And or I can't remember if he's from the Midwest or from like far upstate New York, but it's a place that it's cold. Um, it's like either Minnesota or Rochester. And I cannot remember. Uh, but, you know, there is something to be said about the Elvis-ness of it, which is, you know, this is a primarily like black art form jazz is a primary black art form um you know came up through the ranks because of black people was celebrated by black people long before white people uh accepted it as part of the culture was shunned by white people while black Mm. people were living you know and one of the reasons kenny g is so successful um and whether he wants to believe it or not and they do touch on this in the documentary is the idea that like yes is kenny g jazz I guess, yes. But also, you know, one of the reasons Kenny G is so quote unquote successful in the mainstream is because white people have often sort of blown off jazz as like, it's just noise. Like we don't get it and we can't follow it. And Kenny Mm. G kind of brings this like, I'm just doing jazz, but you know what note is coming next. Okay. So yes, we're talking about that a little bit. Right. And that's part of it. And there were pieces of that where I'm like, dude, you need to do a little bit more work here. Um, but there are also aspects of this documentary where you're like, wow, this is a delightful person who just loves his craft and does not give a shit. If people are like, it's not real. It's not good. This isn't (laughs) real music. Like, you know, like the snobbishness of music culture you know, sort of shuns him and he's like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fucking shit. But another piece of him that is delightful and that is, there are so many pieces I'm not telling you about. So just know that this is worth your time. Yeah, And I will say this to someone a week ago who was like, I don't want to watch this. Um, <laughs> a cool thing about Kenny, a cool thing about Kenny G. <laughs> Go Kenny on. Kenny G still practices three to five hours a day. Wow. He is very much of the like, you cannot be good 
sustainably if you stop practicing. Hmm. And he is one of those people that just picks up things and loves practicing so much that he then becomes very good at kind of whatever he devotes his time to. So he is also a pro golfer and a award-winning like small planes pilot. What the hell? I'm not even kidding because he's just like, yeah, I just like love spending my time like learning and I like put trying things and learning how to do them. And a great little part of this documentary is how, you know, he's in his, I think he's like in his late fifties, if not you know, entering his sixties, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's like in his fifties. Um, you know, in this idea of like, how do we make Kenny G appealing in 2021 or whatever, you know, like his, Mm -hmm. he's peaked, but he's still pretty young and he's still, he's still making music. So what do we do? And they show this meeting with, um, his people and they're just like, yeah, you have to get really good at like social media. And he's like, okay. And he literally just like <laughs> studies how people are doing TikTok and Instagram. And then he becomes really good at social media. Like he gets it. He gets memes. He gets the joke. He's like in on it. And then it shows starting with a, an Aaron Chack BuzzFeed article, actually, it shows like all the different press Kenny G gets for being like really good at TikTok. And it's kind of just like fun. It's just a fun watch. I can't believe I started out this episode not <laughs> knowing anything about the Met Gala or Kenny G. And now all and now I know everything about the Met Gala and all I care about is Kenny G. I know exactly the Met G and Kenny G and a little bit of Equifax in between. Um, but that's my recommendation. I've been recommending it wholeheartedly for the last like five days. My best friend, Rachel, is so delighted that she was right. She she loves to be right even more than I love to be right. Shout out and, to um, Rachel for turning us all into uh, Kenny G-heads. G-heads, yeah. I know. Are you? Do you think you would watch it? Definitely. It's I fun. don't you know very what? much convincing to watch a documentary. Take a little weed gummy. Like I think that will actually help. I mean, like, that can be said about almost anything. <laughs> Zen out, you but know. But I take your point. Like you, Andrea, get some spaghetti going. Get into it. Take a little it. weed gummy. It's get so spaghetti. <laughs> fun. It's so bizarre. Like what a weird dude. Like really just like, wow. You know, and the last thing I'll say about it is this. He is clearly so talented and it really Mm -hmm. calls into question this idea of similar, you know, I can bring this back to the Met Gala. You and I sort of sitting in our sweatshirts being like, Uh is that fashion? You know, (laughs) Kenny, no one, not many people could just pick up a, like a, like a instrument and like do what Kenny G does. Mm -hmm. And, and yet all these people who can't do it are still like, "Mm." I don't think it's that good. Like, I don't think it's that That's, impressive. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Caroline, you know? you know what? You know how we keep talking about things and then they become true? Yeah. Do you think oh that gosh. they're going to announce <laughs> the next Met Gala theme and it's going to be Kenny G? It's going to be like if- Kenny G through the years or something. <laughs> if they do. I'm buying us tickets to Vegas and we are going to run every table until we win big because retired trillionaires and retired trillionaires and become the next Kenny G's because if that I I think you're I something Kenny G related um is going to happen in within like two months of this episode I promise I I can't wait I'm setting up a news alert amazing and I look forward to finding out what happens I can't you have to watch I really hope you do if you love tar 
you know, another <laughs> famous musician, um, a, a music lover um, of our time. You'll love the Kenny G documentary. It, I really hope to get your thoughts sooner rather than later. And that's, you a, will. And that's a requirement. That's a, I, you will get them and that's a promise. Whew, I love it. Sally, thanks for sticking with me through like the mid-episode hacking no problem. I mean, it was very exciting. I'd never been part of a, a <laughs> hack live. Um, it's everything I hoped it would be. And I hope everything goes okay. Seven. I yeah, hope whoever's too. out there pretending to be you. Uh, <laughs> what if they? What if? What if you open your podcast app and there's a new episode in the feed? And it's <laughs> <laughs> Caroline I'd be like, Thanks. Boss. Caroline Boss. Hi, it's the real Caroline Moss. Um, <laughs> then we'll know for sure. Anyway, this episode was all over the place, but I hope you guys learned a lot about Kenny G and the Met Gala, two things I majored in in college. <laughs> um, and please, uh, if you have that $16 a month, I know it feels steep for an app or a, like a subscription, but it just trust that this is such a nightmare and I'm actually very happy that I did it. So if you're sort of a, um, not, you know, you like to be cautious, this is a great way to put some of that cautious energy um, into meaningful meaningful work um and i guess we'll see y'all next week sounds good sally thanks for joining as always and uh can you let everyone know just because we haven't done this in a while where they should follow you on line yeah so i'm on twitter at sally t and i'm on instagram at oh i like that pod and in fact listen if you request to follow me on my private instagram I will not accept your request, even though I mm. love you. Mm. Um, but you should follow me on Oh, I Like That Pod. Oh, great. Um, you don't have to request. It's a public account. And you can just see the weird shit I post as well as every time there's a new episode of my other podcast. And in fact, the one that was released – well, I guess by the time this episode comes out, it will – this episode will come out a week ago – is mm-hmm. me talking about the movie Tar with Aubrey Gordon of the Maintenance Phase podcast. And Incredible. A must I, listen. We had a blast. Link that. So listen that to that. That sounds great. I'm, I'm going to put that on right now, actually. Um, nice. Maybe next time you can have Aubrey come on and talk about Kenny G. Just thought – Just to close the loop. Yeah. No, just I think to close we'll the that. loop. Yeah. I love that. Just as though, as as I have kind of abandoned my personal account for G Thanks, just bought it. Pod, you are sort of, t- you know, where we can find public facing Sally is. Oh, I like that pod exactly. Um, okay, amazing. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, don't get hacked and don't hack others. And we'll see you for another episode next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. You just listened to another episode of G Thanks. Just bought it. Edited and mixed by Veronica Gruba and produced and hosted by me, Caroline Moss. In between episodes, you can always head to the G Thanks Instagram at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod and the G Thanks Facebook group to get and give life changing recommendations of your own. Subscribe to our weekly sale and discount emails at gthanks.substack.com. It's free. And you can reach me at Caroline at gthanksjustboughtit.com or leave me a message at 424 245. 0736 with a product recommendation and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. G Thanks is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our G Thanks content free and accessible to all, consider making a monthly donation of $2 to keep us going at patreon.com slash G Thanks and friends.